It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Good evening and welcome to Cholton Life. This is the big match playoff final preview. Wow. My name is Louis Mendez. Joining me here in the studio at the Valley as we get ready to look ahead to Sunday's playoff final against Sunderland is Mr. Tom Wallen. How are you doing, Tom? Nervous. Yes? Yep. Are you feeling it in your waters? Yes, in the juices. The, the juices flowing? Yep. Like flowing a, with nerves. Yeah, like an unstoppable gushing river. Uh, also joining us here, always gushing, <laughs> is of course uh, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Looking forward to the green man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that all you're Early focusing doors. on? Yeah, I've yeah. cut the pints, settle the nerves, or make me worse, probably the latter. But yeah, I'm not, I'm not nervous at the moment, I'm just try- a bit apprehensive. But buzzing though. Isn't that like. effectively the same thing? Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And I just made myself look like a right idiot. Nearly swore. I was going to say, why, why, why change the habit of a lifetime? On, uh, <laughs> I knew that was coming. On uh, this evening's Charlton Live, I mean, goodness me, we are looking ahead to the League One playoff final against Sunderland. We're going to look back at our previous games with Sunderland uh, this season. We're going to hear from some heroes from the playoff semi-final. We're going to hear from Dylan Phillips and Darren Prattley. Uh, they talk about the, the, the semi-final against Doncaster and, of course, looking ahead to the, uh, the game with Sunderland. And you can't be having a Charlton Sunderland playoff final without perhaps reminiscing to a little game that happened 21 years ago, Clive Mendonca Day. Uh, we'll look back at the playoff final from 1998 uh, with some clips of our exclusive interviews that we had earlier on in the season with Mark Kinsella, John Robertson, and Sasa Illich as well. Uh, Richard Wiseman from the Supporters Trust uh, is going to talk about how uh, things may be looking, how the fans are feeling going forward. Because of course, with all the excitement of the playoff final, we're still thinking about what's going on off the field. But I get, uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll speak to Richard Wiseman about that. Mark Carrick from the Roker Report will tell us how Sunderland are feeling. He spoke to Tom on the phone uh, during the week. And then, of course, we'll, we'll have a fully in-depth look ahead. We'll discuss a little bit of team news. And we've got plenty of messages of good luck from listeners who have tweeted us in uh, throughout the, the, the afternoon. Uh, wishing the players all the best, all the very best for the playoff final at Wembley on Sunday. I cannot wait to get to Wembley, Tom. Um, <laughs> how are you feeling ahead of it? I mean... Uh, Nathan's not nervous, but he is apprehensive. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm both. Um, I'm excited, and I, and I can't wait. And at the moment, I'm trying not to think too much about the result because just going for me will be will be huge. Um, I missed out in '98, and and I've basically been waiting ever since. Um, so it's going to be a very special day. Uh, I'm trying, as I say, not to think about the result because obviously, if that doesn't go our way, I'm sure it. It'll be uh, it'll be devastating, but at the moment I'm I'm kind of a mixture of of excitement, anticipation, and a lot of nerves because, yeah, this is this is a big deal. Hmm. I mean, 
I was saying it on Sunday, I think, just achieving getting to Wembley for me, the fact that we've got this day out to look look forward for was massive. And and I am still looking you know ahead like that. I'm glad that we get to go to Wembley. But as, as the week's gone on now, you know, there was a huge prize at the end of this. Promotion out of League One into the Championship is massive for Cholton at any time, of course. But with, with the situation at the club, with not knowing what's going to happen next year, and that it will be nice to have, you know, a, a higher starting point to fall from if that's going to be the case. Or if not, it may be... If we go up to the Championship under Lee Bowyer and wheeling and dealing the way he has this year, it could be a real chance to, again, sort of steady ourselves in, in what is a brilliant league to go and play your football in. Yeah, I think, um, obviously, I think the lads deserve it. I think Bowyer deserves it since not only this season, last season, how he's kept it consistent um, and how we've played. Um, and also, it's just, you know, like you say, the, the stuff that's been going on around the club and we've always been... You know, a lot of ridiculous stuffs come out of the club that he's been doing. Um, that's Roland, obviously not Bose. Um, and also, I just don't think I can do Gillingham and Wimbledon away anymore. I, I just can't. I just want to just not go to those grounds anymore. And then just challenge ourselves a little bit. And I think go up to a level where I think this club is probably there or thereabouts. Um, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's, I'm just trying not to put put too much pressure on it um, just in case the bad does happen <laughs> I mean let's let's concentrate on the day then the, yeah. the whole day it's an event there's what 35 36 37,000 Charlton fans going at time of uh, recording it's an incredible amount of, of addicts fans who've got their tickets I still think there's a couple left up for grabs after a few more were released this afternoon but I mean it's, inc- it's, it's going to be an incredible Charlton day out I mean last Friday night in the in the pubs after and stuff was very special and this is going to be amazing you look back at all those photos from 1998 I mean it's it's an event you know, if we win, it's an event you will never forget for the rest of your life. Um, people would like to try and make a special day out of it. They're meeting up with their friends and their family, the people who they've watched chanting with for years and years and years, people who they've been on this journey uh, you know, with together for, for many, many years, and in particular this season as well, and the turmoil that's going on off the pitch and the disappointments we've had off the pitch and, you know, the protests. Some people have had to st- have felt the need to stay away, which is obviously fair, and, you know, mm. some of them still will, but many of them will, will want to go to Wembley because this is just a day to celebrate Charlton Athletic Football Club for for what it is, and I'm so looking forward to it. Tom, I mean, what are your plans? I, I want to get behind the story of just the game. I want to know mm. where you're drinking, who you're going with. Yeah, so I'll be going with, uh, with my granddad, my dad uh, and my girlfriend uh, my granddad introduced me to Charlton in fact in 97 and obviously then we missed out on Wembley so I've been waiting ever since to take him and he's in his 80s now and, and I'm so pleased we've got that chance to go um, so for me it's, it's very much a family occasion probably not drinking too much I want to try and really just soak it all up and, and enjoy the experience um, and what's been great this week is seeing all those stories from all kinds of people flying in from all over the world posting their photos of the views from their seats has just been so cool to see people doing that it's just as you said there's such a such a buzz at the moment um to just enjoy the day out because we deserve it and like I say all those little stories everyone's got their own reasons that they want to be there and obviously we're all coming together for for Charlton but everyone's reason is obviously just as valid as everyone else's I think it's just it's just so exciting to see that many Charlton fans coming together um those who were there before um those who haven't obviously the younger fans who've never known Charlton at Wembley there's just so many different people going I think it's just it's just brilliant and and as you just said there well I think we deserve it 100% Nathan mm. green man you're saying that's you're going to be in there 
from the uh, Friday night, I understand. Book, 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 to room, book to room. <laughs> I'll probably try and, if, if I'd have my own way, I'll try and have a little lock-in on the Friday, but I can't <laughs> see it happening. But, um, yeah, no, I think I've got some family going, um, but I think predominantly I'm going with, uh, I think there's, tw- well, obviously I'm coming from South, but there's about 28 Essex lads coming over. Um, which is going to be quite rowdy, um, but yeah, I'm probably different to Tom. I'll be soaking it up, but in beer, um, <laughs> not, uh, as well as the atmosphere, and just yeah, try and in, try and enjoy the day without overthinking it too much before the game. Enjoy, have a laugh, you know, and because like Tom said, we don't. This doesn't happen every year. It doesn't happen often to someone like us. So enjoy the day, but obviously, obviously, hope for the best as well. Mm, certainly. I mean, as you said, we've seen people, you know, who are flying over. There was uh, one fella who tweeted us this morning coming over from Korea. Uh, you know, there's there's certainly people coming over from the Americas and Canada, and we've got Tonys coming over from Spain. I mean, it's it's just an event. It's so great to see everyone uh, coming together to support the lads at Wembley. And I really can't wait. And there's going to be another preview as well on Friday evening on Maritime uh, Radio. Uh, Dave Lockwood and Peter Finch uh, are doing a, an evening between nine and eleven of music and charting related chat. And of course, we'll be talking down uh, talking about the greatest game, 1998, which we'll be looking back at ourselves. So if you uh, once you've listened to this, make sure you tune in to Maritime Radio. Uh, our, our, our station that we, we go out on, on on Friday night nine o'clock uh, until eleven uh, to hear some um, you know from some very experienced Chomp fans old old Chomp fans that's what I'm trying to get out there right um, it's Sunderland uh, at Wembley of course I mean come on well, I said it on Sunday but of course it's Sunderland at Wembley like I, I, it can't just be us but it does feel like Chomp are just a weird club when it comes to stuff like this and you know they put us through it in 1998 and they've made us wait 21 years to get to go back to Wembley stadium and it's against the same bloody club Sunderland uh, you know a club that I've got so much respect for and you know because of that game in in 1998 uh, but it's going to be a huge game Uh, we played them twice already this season Uh, I thought we should have a look back at how those games went uh, as we played the Black Cats twice in the season we are of course, making our way back up to uh, to Sunderland for the, the first time since that game, which is crazy, really. I think uh, feels like we play. It feels like a club we're quite closely connected with, of course, because of that uh, playoff final back in the day, 1998. Oh, that's a great oh, ball, lovely touch. with a touch, and he's clear here. Colin Grant approaching the penalty. Oh, it's a heavy touch. touch. Can he get on the end of the second one? Red, 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 it's red, a penalty for Charlton. Well, Taylor has the glorious chance on his Alex debut. Gives Charlton the lead. A referee blows the whistle. Taylor steps up. Lyle Taylor scores yes! for Charlton. Charlton take the lead after nine minutes. Lyle Taylor on his Charlton debut gives the away side an unlikely lead. Fantastic penalty from Lyle Taylor. No bother at all. Sticks it into the top corner. Right to the back three over on that far side. He's got Gucci in front of him, but instead clips it inside to Marja. Inside the penalty area, back to goal. Chests it down, and then has a oh. shot, and it's in. And out of nothing, Sunderland have levelled. It was a speculative shot from Marja who turned in the penalty area, had a shot with his left foot and I think it caught Phillips by surprise. It's gone in at the near post and what are we, 65 minutes, Sunderland level. It's a go out, nothing. By Maguire again, Maguire out in the back edge of the box towards Cooch and has gone under his foot. Luckily it comes out to Oviedo, chip, ball back in towards the far post, it's a head and it's in! Heartbreak for the Addicts! Gooch at the far post, heads home, and Sunderland are set to win the opening game of the season. Uh, 
drink everybody done well, everybody give me 100%. Like I said, give me 100%, go out there, go, give me 100% and enjoy the game, you know. It, this is what it's about, football and playing in uh, stadiums like this. So um, they've done that, but unfortunately, football's a cool game at times and they didn't deserve to lose today, I don't think. So we're going to look ahead to Sunderland. Massive game coming up here at the Valley on Saturday with the Black Cats. Back left and then tees up uh, Gooch against Big switch across to the other side. Shot comes in and it's an opening goal from O'Neill on the right-hand side. And an early strike in the first two minutes for Sunderland gives them the lead. Taylor looking to drive at Baldwin. Looking for options in the penalty area. It's been held up, Taylor. Taylor trying to turn Flanagan in the box, drills it across the flick. Yes! yes! Come on! A level! It's an own goal as Lyle Taylor in the penalty area drills the ball across. I couldn't see who got the final contact. It's definitely a Sunderland player and Charlton a level. If I'm honest, I think they was, they was the better side first half. Um, but second half, I think we come out and. <laughs> and we, we dominated it, we pinned them, pinned them in from the first minute and, and we created a number of chances and I think overall I think we were the better side over the 90 minutes and um, and I think we deserved to win, so I just said that to the lads, like I feel for them, you know, but they've given me everything and, and, and I'm so proud of them. So there we go, our two games with Sunderland over the course of the season. Of course, a defeat on the opening day. Uh, unlucky, really. You know, we remember how shorthanded we were going into that game with, a, with only five substitutes out of seven named and very young bench, a very young team as well. Um, we were a different side by the time they came to face us uh, at, at the start of uh, January and a one-all draw where we had so many chances to win that game in the, in the second half. Uh, so no wins so far against Sunderland. Two very tight games, two very different Charlton teams at the same time, though, Tom. How much can we read into what's happened before uh, when we look ahead to Sunday? I think if we're going to read anything into either of the games, it's got to be positive stuff because you could easily argue we could have taken certainly four, maybe even six points from those two games. You said the second half at home in particular, we were very good and had a lot of chances, but... Even that game away, that first goal, as you heard in the commentary there, was a speculative effort that perhaps Dill should have done better. And the second one come in the 96th minute or something. And on top of all of that, we had a, a thin squad. We had Prattley playing unfit. We had Lapsley thrown in against uh, a team who'd just been relegated from a division above. So I don't think we can read too much into the, the personnel and the, the inexperience that we had in that first day. Like I say, when you think about the the fight and the battle and the actual performances we've put in both games, they've been very, very good. And if we can compete like that and try and put the Doncaster performance of last week behind us, because that wasn't quite so good, um, I, I think we've got a real chance. Um, and the players now, as you've said over the last few weeks, we're a very, very different Charlton to what we were, certainly at the start of the season. And even when we played them here, when was that, January time? So, mm. yeah, I... I would just be looking at the positives from those games and I'm sure sure Bose will do the same. But um, yeah, in terms of the actual game and the, and the performances and the team we've got, I, I'm relatively confident. It's just about handling the occasion for me. Yeah, I mean, when we went into the semi-final with Doncaster, now, if we were saying, well, we took four points off them, they didn't beat us. We were we were seeing that as a positive. So do you think Sunderland will turn it around and say, well, we've taken four points off Charlton this season and go in with a little bit of confidence from that? Yeah, they probably will, but I don't think it makes um, much difference. I think both games... Uh, for me, we didn't have Josh Cullen playing. 
Um, I think he's a big, uh, a big player in our team at the moment for sure. And it's you know it's a, it's another game, and I know we've said it a lot, and it's you know form does go out the window. Um, but I think the home game, the, that first half, I think McGeady controlled it. I, mean, I think he was their best player. Um, but when he came, came into it second half, so it's again, like Tom said, the first game, you look at that team there and then you look at it now, it's chalk and cheese. So I think, yeah, we might not have won again, beat, beat them, but I don't don't think we've had any of the, um, certainly the midfield chemistry we've got at the moment with the four that are playing. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm not reading anything into it whatsoever at all. Yeah, um, obviously we, we, you look at the, the, the team that we're going to put out on... Sunday as well. That's a that's big news. I mean, Millie's just tweeted in asking if Igor's going to play. I mean, I'm I'm feeling probably not because mm. I don't think he's going to be fit in time. There was some sort of video of him doing some work on on Instagram this week, but I'm just getting the impression he's probably not going to be fit. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong, but if not, I mean, do you think we'll, we'll we'll go with Parker to make sure we have that two up top? Um, questions in the middle. Someone tweeted in earlier asking if if Albie would start or if Johnny Williams would start, and then there's a question at the back as well because. And he has had a very good second half of the season, and he wasn't the only one really. So he might feel unfairly picked out here. But Saar looks a little bit nervous on mm-hmm. on Friday. On, on Friday, so maybe may, maybe I'm reading too much into that. Maybe we're you know, but we know we've got an able deputy and Piercy there. So I mean, but you will have a few a, a, a few um, decisions to be made. Yeah, and when you look back to that game in August, you, you'd never have dreamt that he'd be having those kind of selection headaches. So. As we said earlier, it shows how far we've come as a team and as a squad. Um, for me, that that one at the back, I think it's, uh, as we've said several times, it's going to be gutting for whichever of those two misses out. But for me, I think I said it on Sunday's show as well, whenever we did a show last, um, it's got to be Piercy uh, just for, for that experience. And I'd probably carry that through the team as well. I know that those youngsters have come in and perform well in very high-pressure situations, but... You talk about the likes of Albie and George. For me, Johnny Williams plays just because of the experience he gives us. And, and he looked good when he came on against Doncaster. Um, and then Parker up front, I, I think we do play that too. Because, again, maybe he didn't have his best game on Friday, but I don't think many of them did. But prior to that, I thought he's looked very, very good as well. Um, OK, he hasn't got a goal yet, but his, his work rate and what he can give us up front, I think that complements Taylor quite well. Um you want the likes of, of Albie, um, maybe Igor, even if we can just get 10 minutes out of him. You want players like that on the bench, particularly for when it almost certainly goes to extra time. So <laughs> we've got a lot of options now and that's the nice thing. And it, it's not going to be easy to pick that starting eleven. But uh, I, personally, I would be going for experience mm. over perhaps the kind of mercurial talent of youth. Don't forget, as we've been sort of saying uh, throughout the, the course of the show, this is a moment where Charlton fans all over the globe are coming together and converging on Wembley Stadium uh, to, to enjoy this event together. And obviously because it's that sort of day, it's that sort of game coming up, we've got so many messages coming in. And this is a Charlton fan show. I want to hear from as many fans as possible. So we're looking at the Charlton Life Forum. Trev, uh, who hands out the, the press tickets here, says he'll be at Wembley to give us all another hug, win or lose. There was some big hugging going on after after the penalty shootout on Friday. Briston Addict says he's given us some free work a previews bring it on ask for the taking it is written we get promoted magical lord Bowyer. i'm feeling confident about the final but come 3 p.m on sunday i'll be a nervous wreck i've barely recovered from friday i'm not sure i could cope with that again and certainly not without the rum Charlton to win 2-0 lethal lyle and super joe on the score sheet addicted says have the two top it has have the two coppers who came onto the pitch last friday got tickets for sunday's game well, if there's any way they can spot some trouble and then somehow help us they're more than welcome to Mendonca and Asda says, oh, Louis, 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 how are we going to get through the next few days and the match? 
I'm a bag of nerves. Well, so am I, Mendonca in Asdas. Uh, let's hope uh, that your namesake, his spirit, will shine through and maybe to Lyle Taylor to get a hat-trick. Southwest, Southwest Addict says, do us proud. Come on, you Reds. Now, of course, on Friday... Um, there was many heroes out there on the pitch. Two of the biggest ones were Dylan Phillips, the goalkeeper, of course, who made that save from John Marquise in the penalty shootout, and Darren Prattley, who, of course, scored that vital leveller shortly after Marquise had put um, put Doncaster ahead on aggregate is less than, less than a minute or so uh, afterwards that he levelled for us. So both of those came to speak to the press after the game to look back at that game on Friday and ahead to Sunday's playoff final. And it starts with Dylan Phillips. He was asked if uh, when it went into the penalty shootout, he thought that maybe this will be a chance for him to make himself a hero. I don't think you really think about it, to be honest. It's just obviously it's penalties. And I was just saying to the lads in the huddle at the end that everyone's just got to believe in each other. When you take a pen, you've got to believe that you're going to score. If you've got any negative thoughts, in, you're not going to score. And I believed that I'd save one. Went the right way for one. And lucky enough, it was a poor penalty. So, yeah, no, I'm over the moon and all the lads are as well. Yeah, no, I think it was uh, definitely a different atmosphere to what we've had all season. Obviously, it's been good. It's not quite been that good. But uh, at times, it probably made us not play as well as we can um, and I don't think we play as well as we can today but at the end of the day we've, we've got a result that we wanted and we're, and we're through to the final and there's one step to go now so all pull together and hopefully we can do yeah, it all week I've watched all the games and I've thought oh, the celebrations are so good and we yet none of the teams have actually achieved anything but in the heat of the moment it's hard to not celebrate like we said before like, I respected the way Sunderland sort of celebrated yesterday. It was quite like, clap the fans, off you get, like, let's go again. But when you win like that, it's hard to not, do you know what I mean? Like, we're jumping around like lunatics at the end of the day, but, but we're buzzing, do you know what I mean? So, there's one more step to go still, so we'll have to regroup and, and, and go yeah, again. Uh, well, when Marquis scored, to be fair, um, it's a little bit down. We thought the game may, may be over. And uh, luckily enough, Lowell put in a good cross and managed to get on to the end of it. Um, like I think it was a minute or two minutes after they scored so um, in terms of importance it's probably the most important goal I've scored because uh, I think we need it we need to get promoted um, for the club you know uh, it's a big club London club and the boys have worked so hard all year so it'd be great for us to get uh, promoted at Wembley when you're young you, you're fearless aren't you, you um, they don't care like you see these young players Joe uh, Cullen even Dill um, young keeper they're fearless um, they, they, all they want to do is play football you see Bielik sometimes at the back running, taking strikers on. and you, like An older, experienced player just want to get rid of it. So These boys are fearless. They deserve it um, for their careers. They need to be playing at a higher level. They're better than League One. Um, and hopefully we can achieve that against Sunderland. That yeah, I'm, I'm one of the more experienced boys, but to be fair, I'm, I'm, I, I get in with the young lads. I mix with them. I have a, a laugh with them. Um, you probably wouldn't think I was the most experienced in the change room. Um, <laughs> but no, like obviously, uh, when I come on, try and keep it calm. Um, I've been in this situation before, but the, the boys, the boys are that good. Um, I ain't really got to say too much. The, the young boys coming through, the Rebos, Cullen, uh, obviously Dill, uh, Dick Steel, all of these, they're very good players, um, and I think they'll go on and have bigger and better careers. Do you think you'll be underdogs at Wembley, both of you? I think so. Yeah, Sunderland, a massive club. Um, they come down last year. They're expected to go up. Um, I think we probably will be underdogs, but. Um, uh, it's, it's going to be a tough game and it's one that we're looking forward to more pressure on them Dylan won't they I mean can you is that something you can exploit on the day um, yeah definitely I mean, there's pressure on everyone playing in front of a big crowd at Wembley but both teams have got the same goal and, and uh, it's one game at the end of the day 
um, and I believe that we're good enough to beat them and, and go through. Like, I don't see why not, and I don't think anyone in that change room, like Darren was talking about, I don't think anyone fears anyone. And we've got a good mix, like he says, of younger, pro, uh, younger pros and experienced pros, and, and they've been massive for us as well, helping us along the way. And it's been it's been a great journey, and hopefully we can finish. Yeah, I've had stage most majority of my career I played. Um, sometimes I've been out lack of form or whatever. Um, I'm not someone to go and knock on the manager's door and cause trouble. Um, I'm gutted. I won't show it in front of the boys, but I'll take it home sometimes. Um, but no, I won't be knocking on his door. Um, he, he'll pick the best team that he believes uh, that will win the game. And if I come on and play a part in it, um, then I'm happy. Um, obviously, if you ask me, do I want to start? Of course, I want to start. Um, but I've been in the game a long time now. Um, the team's more important. When you're a bit younger, you're a bit more selfish. Uh, you can throw a strop if you're not in the team. Um, I want to be the best team player I can be uh, and try and show a good example. If I'm not playing, then if I come on, I can try and make an impact and help. Uh, and that's what I'll continue to do. Maybe to everyone else, we'll be underdogs. We're not, we're not for ourselves, we, uh, we fancy ourselves against everyone. The underdogs, we're not going into this game building ourselves up to be an underdog. Maybe to everyone else outside, Sunderland, massive club, um, and they just come down from the championship. But we're not going into the game using that as motivation. We're the underdogs. Um, we believe we're good players, so it's not. We're not uh, putting ourselves down. We'll be going in there on an even kill with Sunderland and um, over the 90 minutes, 100 minutes, whatever, uh, whoever's the best team on the day will go will go up. Yeah, he's good. He lets the young boys go out and play and express themselves. That's all he wants them to do. Um, he's got good staff behind him. Uh, Johnny Jackson, Marshall, the goalkeeper, and Brett, who does all the video uh, analyst stuff. Um, he's got a good team, good physio team, so he keeps everyone fit uh, as possible. Um, and to be honest, he's got good boys. He's got a good change room in there. Um, you could get people throwing tantrums and that, but to be fair, majority of all, well, all the boys have been brilliant. They've not played, not been in the squad. No one's coming in and causing a fuss. So uh, we've been lucky. We've got a good changing room, and we've been lucky. We've got a manager that lets the young boys go out and express themselves. Um, he'll tell us when we when we mess up, um, but he also pat the boys on the back. So. Uh, all he asks is that the boys give their their all. And to be fair, even when we lose games, we they do give their all. If, if even if we uh, we come out second best, so um, no, he's been brilliant. Um, he's done well for us, and uh, um, hopefully we can go that step further, get promoted, and uh, get his contract and all that sorted out. So uh, we have him for next year. Here we go, Darren Prattley and Dylan Phillips, two of the heroes from the semi-final win over Doncaster last Friday night. Um, speaking about Bayer's contract at the end, wasn't he? A couple of people have asked, actually, Million Red Army on the forum if there's any latest on, on Bayer's contract. Not really. He sort of said, once we get onto the playoffs, he was basically going to park it till after the playoffs. Um, hope, you know, who knows, maybe something will come out tomorrow in press day, but it's unlikely. It'll probably be mainly talking about the the playoffs so who knows but hopefully that will get sorted sooner rather than later uh, as we've said a million times this show it's mental that it hasn't been <laughs> sorted so far right plenty of tweets have been coming in I've asked for you to send your best wishes to the team Lyle CAFC Taylor or Jim on uh, Twitter says up the Reds just love this team love the staff love everything no other words Chrissy T says good luck to Bose and Jacko and all the players on Sunday we will all be right behind you the past two weeks have reminded us all that we deserve more than 2% of anyone's time buzzing for Sunday 21 years since my last trip to Wembley. 100% Charlton says, good luck to the team and not forgetting our wonderful fans. I hope all our dreams come true and we go up. We have to thank JJ and the rest of the staff, uh, but especially Lee Bayer. He has worked wonders and has given us something to believe in. Good luck, uh, Charlton. We love you, Charlton. T 
till we die. And then Hubsend Charlton uh, also says, got to also thank you guys, Charlton Live. You have done a magnificent job over the course of this. Uh, and I've enjoyed every show. Thanks, guys. Wembley awaits. One more win needed in Bayer. We trust we're on our way. Thanks for that 100% Charlton. Peter White, big thanks to the management team and the players for getting us this far. One last push. We know you can do it. Tom says, good luck to the lads on Sunday. Whatever the result this season will live long in the memory. One final push and we could be playing the likes of Leeds and Fulham rather than Berry and Franchise FC. Dan says we can do this. One more game, one more win and we will be playing some really good teams next season instead of some pony ones. <laughs> good, some good London derbies. Good luck to the team and Boya, you'll have 38,000 of us behind you up the Addicts roll on Sunday. Mike Harrington says, I don't think I've heard anyone say thanks to LB, uh, to Lee Bayer, JJ and uh, Co for finally giving us some pride back. So say it for me. It's so appreciated. That's from Mike Harrington. We've still got plenty more uh, tweets as well to come throughout the rest of the show. But now I think we're going to take a little walk down into history. Um, Tom and Nath, what yeah. were you up to back in 1998 on that special day? Clive Mendonca Day, what were you doing? Remember watching it at home with Dad. You were at home? Yeah. You I didn't was, go? No, I didn't go. And then I was watching it next door. And um, I've said this story loads of times, but my dad gave me, um, obviously he's me a wall, but before the game, he said he'd give me a five every goal we scored, including penalties. Um, so yeah, I end, ended up a rich teenager. I was only 11 at the time. So, because I could, didn't really have anyone to go with at that time. But um, yeah, I would still remember it. And then, I mean, at that age, I mean, going to secondary school with Charlton being in the Premiership and then the years that followed was amazing. But the day itself, it still seems, <clears throat> just seems surreal. And I was listening back to the highlights and, of the, and the penalty shootouts of the commentary of it, and it still gives you goosebumps every time mm. you listen to it. But incredible. Hopefully. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. It's a little we have same same outcome, but less stressful. Like <laughs> it's like five 0 I love it, but I, I don't think it's going to be that simple. Tom, what were you doing? Were you, were you there at Wembley? I wasn't. No, oh, no. I was. Um, I was there. I was at the park. I was eight, um, and we had the car like doors open with the radio on, listening, and then drove home from the park, and the game was still on. Then got home, the game was still on, and then listened to it at home, and it was still going. Um, so my memory is pretty much an entire day I mean obviously it wasn't an entire day but it felt like it as a kid just continually listening to football don't really remember the end of the game and the penalties to be honest with you I just remember this long long game and then obviously knowing that we got up into the Premier League so no again going back to what I said earlier that's why I'm so pleased to be going this year because I missed out that time well, I was there in 1998. I think I was nine years old at the time. 
Um, it was one of the most stressful experiences of my life at that time. <laughs> I was crying. I wanted to go home at various points. I got landed on at one point when, so, when we scored by some big fat bloke. But uh, it's, it's one of those things now. You look back at it. And we were, me and my mate were watching it again today. Uh, just the, the highlights clip. And every time Sasa makes that save from Michael Gray, uh, you can't help but smile and, and get a tear in your eye as well. So I wanted to look back at that. Obviously, with Charlton Sunderland coming up, we had to have a good look uh, look back at that. Uh, I've made you a little montage to enjoy. And this includes some of our exclusive interviews that we've had throughout the season with Mark Kinsella, uh, with Sasa Rilich and with John Robinson. So I hope you enjoy this. This was Clive Mendonca Day back in 1998. I think we were the outsiders in the league. I think nobody took any interest in us really till probably three months ago when we started to sneak into the playoff positions. We had a confidence in ourselves that on the day we could we could we could beat Sunderland. The playoff final—that's a completely different animal. Um, that is, um, you know, you worked all, all year, 46 games of which I feel is the hardest league to get out of in the world. We were still the underdogs um, for that match, you know, so nobody really expected us to go through. Five playoff finals in all divisions have finished 1-0. They're very tight, and this one is two, but Mendonca's clear. Clive Mendonca! Charlton lead! And Mendonca, their top scorer, has taken his tally for the season to 26. You know, keeping all those clean sheets, we just didn't feel natural for us to concede a goal. So, um, again, you know, us not being the favourites to win that game, uh, coming back after half time being 1-0 up you just think you know we were thinking that you will remain like this or well, at least we won't concede a goal you know we were going in at half time um, it was it was come out at half time keep it tight for 5, 10, 15 minutes and then you know within that time we were 1-0 or 2 one down by then yeah. and it sort of turned itself upside down on us so will be the take of Quintana and still might Phillips is clear Kevin Phillips the nationwide league player of the year is now the nation's leading scorer of the season we also knew we had the confidence mm. to keep plugging away and, 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 and keep keep uh, keep going and we'll get our rewards now Clive Mendonca Mendonca's in the clear chance for Clive Mendonca 2-2 Clark hits the cross and Quinn wins it Niall Quinn If I was meant to be on corners, I can't remember. I think it was just because I was over that way moments to go. Um, so it was like I think it was just because I was over that way. Um, and all I remember doing is just make sure that I get it in the area. A fantastic finale to this or any season. Perez has come again. The header is goalbound from Richard Rufus. An astonishing story. And Richard Rufus has scored an equaliser five minutes from the end of a Wembley final. Summerby! Summerby! Oh, what a strike! What a terrific strike from Nicky Summerby! The team spirit was always going to be there, and I think that just drove us again. And it was literally like, we, we ain't going to, we're not going to give up here. Steve Jones inside the penalty area. Good cross. Mendonca! It's extraordinary! Absolutely extraordinary! A hat trick for Clive Mendonca! Don't want to be the one. To miss, you don't really want to let your teammates down, your your fans down. He needs this one. Safe enough. Solomon against Illich. Another very good one. Kinsella scores as well. 
Illich so nearly kept it out. That walk, I had to have a little jog because my legs had gone. My legs had absolutely, <laughs> even now, I can't, I, my legs got a jelly now, watching the damn thing. Robinson for Charlton, 6-5. And still no mistake. Michael Bray, born in Sunderland. Illich has saved it! And Charlton are promoted! When I caught the ball, when I saved the penalty, I just through sheer excitement and the adrenaline just kicked in. I think I could have ran a marathon after that penalty. It took us five, five to ten seconds to sink in before we realised we actually won the game. Yeah. Uh, it was that um, emotional drain. Oh my God, yeah, me. It was, it was who's going to get to Sasha first, me or Jonesy. And I think I got there first just in time because I knew that and it all hell broke loose. It was just absolute value. Like, oh my God, this is, this is where we all wanted to be. This is where the club wanted to be. There we go. Spine tingling stuff there. Back from 1998. Let's hope in 21 years' time from now, uh, well, hopefully it won't still be me doing the show. I'll be retired by then. But um, whoever whoever is doing the show will be looking back uh, with equally fond memories about what happens at Wembley Stadium on Sunday. Um, <laughs> Martin said, these kids on Charlton Live making me feel old. Some of them not even at the 98 game. A day I'll never forget. My wife found me asleep in the porch the next morning and I had to call in work sick. Let's hope that's uh, the case again on uh, on Sunday. Let's hope you you wake up in a porch somewhere, Martin, on uh, on Monday morning. Then at least you have a day's recovery before before the bank holiday's over. Although obviously you're a cab driver, so I don't know. You take as long as you want off, really. <laughs> um, uh, right. Um, as I sort of said earlier, obviously it's a huge game in terms of the future of the club. You know, obviously it depends on what division we're going to be playing in next year, but also. You know, it, it, it's no it's no secret that there's been problems here over the last few years. The the ownership of Roland Duchatelet doesn't seem to be going anywhere, if we're being honest. Um, I noticed the Standard had a line about potential takeover stuff yesterday, but obviously we're, we, we, we take all those with a pile of salt these days, um, so we don't know what to expect. But um, I, I was interested, uh, the, the Charlton Athletic Supporters Trust every year do a survey uh, regarding season ticket renewals and whatnot. Uh, so I spoke to Richard Wiseman to, to find out sort of what ideas, he's, what, what indications they're getting from that survey as to how fans are feeling about the future of the club. Just to put it in a context, we've been doing this season ticket intention survey for the last four years. And like most surveys, don't usually tell us anything we don't sort of sense anecdotally anyway. What they do is confirm that. Um, but I was surprised that 94% of our respondents felt negative um, if Roland stays as owner and we don't get promoted. Um, I mean, 77% felt negative even if we do get promoted. Um, but that 94% figure was very high. Um, so I think people are, you know, clearly saying that you know we're the richest owner we've ever had if we don't get promoted it'll be the longest time we've spent at this level in our history and um i think people sense things drifting sideways at best and probably downwards so um yeah that was pretty daunting Mm. Um, and even if we do get promoted um i mean to be fair if we get promoted i think only 32 percent said they felt very negative um so you know there's um a bit of hope there um but clearly the message is we're enjoying it on the pitch it was euphoric 
draining, exhausting everything else last night. Um, but um, the man needs to go, and uh, with a new owner, there's fantastic potential. Mm, yeah, I mean, because we we are seeing a, a slight change in trend of people who say they uh, are going to attend. Um, yes, that, that, that's gone up slightly, um, even under the the Duchatelet ownership, forty two percent now. Uh, up from 35% last season. So I mean, are you getting the impression that some fans are starting to sort of trickle back now then? Yeah, I don't think that's really surprising given what's happened on the pitch. Um, also, I, I mean, the actual figure is, yeah, 40% this year said they would buy a season ticket compared with 31% last year. Um, I think obviously that is the Bowyer effect. Um, but also, of course, it's a pretty good deal if we do get promoted. Um, one thing, I don't think you could be too critical of Charlton ticket prices. You can certainly get a season ticket quite cheap. And for championship football, I think it's a very good deal. Um, but yeah, and there are more people... Uh, there, there are fewer people now who say they don't uh, support Duchatelet and they've started coming less often than they used to. People have drifted back and we've seen that, haven't we? And there's a general feel-good feeling about that. The number of people boycotting has dropped um, a bit. Um, and again, that's no surprise. I mean, uh, what, what's going on on the pitch? So I don't think that's surprising. But underneath all that, underneath the positivity that we're seeing this week... Um, there is a real level of anxiety about what happens to the club. So we go, Richard Wiseman from the Supporters Trust. It's interesting, you know, we're all loving it and getting carried away with what's going on at Wembley on Sunday. And in the back of our minds, there's, there's possibly a more at stake here than, than we even realise. I mean, it could mean nothing. It could, we could go up and, and Roland doesn't sell and we're still here and we've still got the same problems, but... I mean, if that is the case, we're much better in the championship where, we, like we say, we've got a buffer than in the in League One where all of a sudden it, it could go horribly wrong and we could be in League Two. I mean, the, this is the extreme end of both scenarios, but it's a massive gain for the future of the club. Yeah, definitely. And it's, I think it's the the business side of of this game. It's the less romantic side of this game. It's the bit fans are perhaps less interested in at the moment, but it it still exists and you would hope it's not playing too much on everybody's minds right now. Um, as we've, all, I think, all said tonight, just everyone just seems to be enjoying this ride and, and it's going to culminate in Sunday, How whatever happens. Um, but as I said on, on the last show, it's a, it's a long summer um, without any chart on football and, and during that time, I'm sure all these conversations will rear rear their heads how many times do you look on the forum in the summer and people are just talking about the finances or the ownership or the lack of signings and all that kind of stuff and that is around the corner but usually it's around the corner after some limp one all draw at the end of a nothing season um and so that that conversation's a lot higher on people's radar but for the moment certainly I'm trying to just ignore it I, I know it's there but I'm choosing not to think about it and and I'll worry about that in a couple of weeks time but you're right it, it's definitely still exists and it and it could be a major factor depending on where we finish right Will Bolland says whatever happens on Sunday a massive thank you is needed to Boya, Jacko and their team along with the entire squad they have made us all proud to be Charlton fans again thank you uh, in regards to Sunday we respect we believe Keep the faith. Do you still respect and believe, Nave? Are we still going with that for the finals? No, 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 no. That's done now. That was being nice. No, no, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care how we win. I just want to win now. Yeah, so you have absolutely no respect for Sunderland. Just clarify. No, no I do, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. Right. 
you're going on the Roker Report tonight. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am, yeah. Yeah, John Cooper says, good luck on Sunday, lads. You've given absolutely everything all season and now just need one final push. God forbid is anything like the drama of 98, but if it has to be the way that we get promoted, then so be it. Come on, you Reds. Ross Ramsey says, the team has come so far from our opening match of the season and win or lose. Every single player should be proud of what they have achieved this season. As stressful as Sunday will be, I know they'll get the job done. Come on, you bloody addicts. Spencer says, the team, management and fans are all one again. We can do this. Roll on Sunday. Wembley, Wembley. Um, Debbie says, getting to Wembley is a massive achievement. Relax and enjoy the day. The added, bo- the added bonus is the more relaxed the players look, the more relaxed the fans will be already wingers. Uh, Bill Greenall says, good luck, Bayer, Jacko and the lads. We're proud of you. Now let's stuff them Mackhams and our show's resident singer Adele gets involved again. Uh, good luck for Sunday, lads. I'll be singing all the way to Wembley. Let's go and get them. Right, still more tweets to come, but we need to think about the game from a Sunderland point of view. We've got Mark Carrick from the Roker Report. He spoke to Tom uh, on the phone during the week and Tom asked him how he's feeling ahead of Sunday's playoff final clash. Nervous, I think. I think uh, excited at the same time. It could. Uh, it, it's one of those that could go either way, isn't it? Really. Yeah. And and, um, and how are the fans in general up there feeling about it? I, th- I think. I think it's a bit of a mixture. If I'm sort of the same, I think there's, there's some that are nervous and you know remember the the final 21 years ago and just don't want to sort of give anything away after what Charlton did then. But I think other people are, are quite excited and, and we've got this far and it would be. I think it would be seen as a failure, if I'm honest, if we didn't win in terms of, of where the season started and, and where we wanted to be. So I think people are are a bit a bit mixed. Some some are confident. Some are just you know hoping for the best. Yeah, I, I was going to mention the season as a whole actually, and you just mentioned it there. Um, how do fans reflect on this season now? Obviously, a lot of that will decide on the result on Sunday. But going into League One, obviously, and with all the troubles last year, which a lot of people will have seen, obviously, through through the uh, the documentary. Did they sure. did they go into this season expecting automatic promotion, and therefore even just getting to the playoff final itself is a disappointment, or will all that be forgotten if they win Sunday? How do they how do they reflect on the season at this stage? It's it's a really interesting question, to be honest, and I, and I think I think most people w- would have would have seen um, the drop into League One. Um, as an opportunity to kind of rebuild and come back straight away, you know, mm. new owners and, and everything else, and then the size of the club and and so on, and some of the players that kind of hung around as well. However, I think, you know, well, I wouldn't want to say a majority, but I think an awful lot of people are realistic enough to know that, that when Stuart Donald took over just a year ago, the club was an absolute shambles. I mean, you know, we, we talk about um, our pre-season. I think Lee Catamore famously said he looked around the... The training ground and wondered how on earth we'd get enough players out and how we'd compete. And and it's very similar, you know, to Charlton. I mean, I remember playing your first game of the season. You had mm. kids on the bench, and and it was a real, it was a real sort of mirror image from from what where we were to what what you, we were seeing from from Charlton as well. So, I think I think if you're realistic, I think playoffs were always a way of of of, of getting us towards promotion. And I think promotion was, you know, an aim. But I think it was it was a hope. Um, I don't think it was a necessity. I think you know top six was always kind of where the owners wanted to pitch it, and, and I think that gives you a chance. And I think going through a season where you've lost, you know, two going into the last month, I think there was an expectation, and, and I think playing nine games in four or five weeks just really took its toll. So we lost a couple more in there, and I think people then started to think, well, we've lost 
you know, the last two games of the regular season and, and maybe playoffs is what we deserve and, and can we go again? Are we going to be able to beat Portsmouth? Are we going to be able to beat Charlton as it, as it stands? So I think there's a realism that says what we've achieved is probably what we hoped we'd achieve, whether we can go one better and win promotion, um, as I say, was, was always a name, if, if more than a hope. Okay. I think. Um, you mentioned that Portsmouth game or games there as well. Um, I, I suppose from a, a neutral point of view, we'd describe them as, as fairly underwhelming performances. Do you, <laughs> do you read anything into that recent poor form? Or given that the game on Sunday is, is a one-off, is it a case of, you know, job done, we got there uh, and we can focus on Sunday and just kind of see what happens? Yeah, I, I think, I think as I said, the way we finished at Fleetwood and Southend was disappointing. I think there was... There was a lot of, of issues. We, we lost some key players. We had a lot of games in, in that period of time and, and it looked as though we were a bit fatigued. And I think coming to the Portsmouth game, um, certainly at our place, there was that uh, pretty much the anticipation we're talking about for Sunday. There was a bit of a nervousness. Portsmouth have, have been a really good side throughout the season and, and have matched us very much like for like in the game. So we just weren't quite sure how we'd go with, with our form going into the playoffs. So I think... I think the first game, it, it, it was there, it was quite balanced. I think we came into it in the second half and ultimately I think we got what we deserved in, in a 1-0 lead and I think that's always a slender lead. But I think, and I, and I get why neutrals will look at the 0-0 at Portland and think it was a bit underwhelming, but I think Jack Ross got it spot on. I think he got the right team selection, the right tactics. We nullified their, their threat. We managed to kind of hit them on the counter and, and it was about you know, making sure we got to Sunday. It wasn't anything more than that. So there is a sense that, that we perhaps haven't played our best football and, and managed the football in the best way in those two games. But I think the confidence that those two clean sheets have bred in, in getting to the final on Sunday will have changed the, the tone within the players around what happened with Southend and, and Fleetwood, as I say. So I think we're in better spirits. And, and it gives Jack you know, a bit of a headache in terms of selection. There's, there's players who've got us here, there's players who've done very well over the, the two legs against Portsmouth. Somebody's got to miss out if the likes of Aidan McGeady come back in. So it gives them a nice headache, but I think I think they'll be up for Sunday in, in a way that perhaps we weren't expecting a few weeks ago. Um, looking at performances in the, in the two games we've played each other this season, they've been extremely close. Um, obviously, uh, Sunderland winning on the first day, although... Charlton fans certainly went home feeling a little hard done by, particularly given the, the threadbare squad that we had at that stage. And then a draw at the Valley, which again was a, a very close contest. Do you expect another close encounter at the weekend? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the opening game of the season, um, as I say, the, the club itself was, was kind of looking at how bad could it be. And, and I think, you know, to win it in, what, the 96th minute was was probably hard done to by, by Charlton. I think we would feel hard done to if that had happened to us in, in retrospect as well. I mean, I think the game ebbed and flowed. Lionel Taylor got the, the opening with the penalty spot, didn't he? And yeah. Josh Marger, who obviously isn't around anymore. So there's been changes in, in both personnel, I know. But I think the, the, the sides would look very different. You, you mentioned how you know you rely on the kids and stuff in that game. So I think the first game of the season, the, the sides that end the season will be very, very different to the ones that started it. But, you know... Um, the one at the Valley, I think, was a better reflection. Yes, very well balanced, very, um, you know, even contest. And I, I suspect it will be the same. I think when when they're one-off games like this, you don't want to give too much away, no matter who you're playing. So there'll be a cautious element to, to I expect both both teams, and then they'll try and work each other out and maybe, you know, kick on from there. We saw 
when we were in the Checker Trade Trophy that we kind of dominated the first half against Portsmouth and then kind of fell away an awful lot in the second half. And I think Jack will want to kind of not um, repeat that. He'll want to try and make sure it's a contest throughout the game and, and make sure that we kind of get the measure of, of Charlton. And I expect Lee Boyle will do exactly the same. So it'll be a tight game and I think it'll be you know, an interesting one from a tactical point of view, I'm sure. You mentioned uh, the game at the Checker Trade final there and I saw a quote from George Honeyman this week who said, you know, having been there already this season, that might help the players. Um, do you echo those thoughts? Do you think that that will help? Because obviously Charlton, although we've not relying on youth so much now, we've still got a very young side, a lot of pe- players who haven't ever played there. So do, do you read anything into that? I, don't, I mean, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't, I don't honestly think it'll come down to that. I think, you know... It, I think what he's trying to say is we we shouldn't play the occasion having been there before, and I think there's always a a danger that that you know certainly young players turn up at Wembley or play the occasion because this might be their their only chance. But I think um, I think it's a big pitch. I think it's expansive. It, it allows good football. I think it'll probably suit both sides in in, in very much um, in that respect. I think in in terms of, of the crowd and the atmosphere, it, it may well help Sunderland settle a bit quicker. Than perhaps Charlton, but you know you're you're used to, to big games at the Valley, so I don't I don't think it would necessarily give either side a, a benefit. If anything, I, you know what I hope it doesn't do is, is make them consider that they lost last time they were there. Yeah. And, you know, shake off. So you know, certain players it can go either way. If if we have the likes of you know Chris McGuire or Aidan McGeady on the pitch, I think their sort of experience should, should sort of carry us through and. And similarly, you've got players full of enthusiasm in Charlton's side. So I think it'll balance itself out, to be honest. That was going to be my final question, actually, was around the team news. You mentioned both the, the players I was planning to mention. Firstly, <laughs> how are they in terms of fitness and what are their chances of making it? And secondly, apart from those two players, uh, I mean, McGeady, probably the best player in this league by some distance, mm. who else should Charlton fans be looking out for in terms of danger men? He's an interesting one. We really don't know, and I think Jack Ross is playing it, it quite close to his chest. I mean, you know, he, he's got a serious injury. It's going to take some time over the summer for him to recover fully. Whether whether he's going to be up for, you know, a ninety-minute spell or, or you know maybe even longer, I, I don't know. Is is the you know the management's call as the, as the week goes on? Obviously, as Sunderland fans, we hope he will play. He's a game changer. We showed that in the final against Portsmouth at, at the Checker Trade, and and yeah, you're right. He's probably you know, one of the standout players this season in, in League One. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how he goes. Chris Maguire, I think, um, he, he should be fit. You know, I don't see any reason not to. I think he, he worked his stocks off against Portsmouth and did really well. Um, tactically, whether they'll both play or one will play, it really depends on, on how Ross lines up. In, in terms of who to watch out for, I mean... You know, it's, it's, it's difficult. I think Aidan McGeady won our player of the season, but John McLaughlin as a, as a standout goalkeeper was just outstanding throughout the season and he'll certainly be one that I think could be could be a difference. You know, if you can keep you guys to zero, it gives us a great chance. So there we go. That's Mark Carrick from the Roker Report. Thank you for... Uh, to Mark, he's a really nice guy actually, we've dealt with him throughout the, the course of the season, but I hope on Sunday he's crying uh, like a little baby at full time. I hope you're listening Mark, I hope you're crying. Um, right, I mean, Aidan McGeady, big player for them, fitness is in question, so that will be interesting, but they do have a lot of quality in their squad, don't they Nath? Yeah they do, um, that's what I mean, because we do know McGeady is on his day fit, um, is their best player, uh, but like I say, they've got some good players all around the 
all around the park, you know, then they didn't finish in the top six would be rubbish, obviously. So, um, yeah, we, it's, I agree with Mark. You know, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a tight game, I think, for the first sort of ten fifteen minutes. Could be wrong, um, but yeah, four, we need four after ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, imagine. <laughs> I don't think I can hack it. Uh, but yeah, no, I think like Chris Maguire's a good player. I think Onin's doing doing okay. Yeah, so uh, he's scored against us. Isn't he? Yeah, so th- yeah, they've got they've got threats, but then so have we. So yeah. like Bose always says, every team's got their strengths and weaknesses. It's just depending on who keeps the nerve, who can outwit each other, and who relaxes the most. Yeah, Onin has a habit of scoring against the big clubs. Like he scored against us, scored against Portsmouth, um, possibly against Luton as well this season. So he's one to watch out for. Now, uh, Tom, do you think the fact that they haven't finished in the top two when clearly that would have been their aim and their expectation this season? That that'll be playing in the back of their mind, won't it? Now, now they're on the on the edge of going up or, or staying down, and this that their entire season, just like ours, boils down to this. But they've got mass, massive expectation. Yeah, I think not just expectation, but that the pressure and the weight of the that expectation, I think, is really going to hit them, um, and and probably that's why their performances haven't been brilliant in the last couple of games. I know we weren't at our best on Friday, but I think away from home at, at Doncaster, we played very well. And even on Friday when we weren't at our best, we showed a real determination to get ourselves back in that game and drag ourselves through. I don't think you could really argue that from Sunderland's two performances. They, they kind of got the job done maybe at home and then kind of limped through the second leg to get through. So I think that expectation already sits on them. I think like uh, Dills and Pratt said, I think we probably will go in as slight underdogs, uh, irrespective of what the bookies say. Um because they are an, an absolutely massive club, and and that's not to say we're not, but I just think the expectation, the pressure, the all of that weight, I think, is far more on them. Um, and as I said earlier in the show, it's it's very much going to come down to which team can can handle that pressure more, can handle the occasion. Um, uh, and I think they will be the ones that come out winners. Right, Paul Davis from Dartford emails in. Hey, lads, has got to be said that the community buzz around us at the moment is fantastic. Walking around town, I'm seeing Charlton shirts popping up more than I've seen in the last 15 years. What Bayer and Jackson have done for this club is unheard of in comparison to other clubs in our situation. I'm proud of this club. The players, the management and the fans are among the best spirited in uh, bunch in the country. See you at Wembley, lads. Keep up the good work. That's from Paul Davis down in Dartford. Thanks for that. Um, Charlton facts and stuff. Stacks tweets in saying, in spite of the Belgian individual, we're all looking forward to this Sunday. The boys will give it their all. And if that's not enough, then it is what it is. Onwards and upwards. CFC Bible says, good luck, lads. It's been a truly enjoyable season for all of us fans, despite what's happening off the pitch. Bayer and Jacko have brought this club back together again and got the Valley rocking like the old days. One last push for promotion and we can do it. Hendrick says, when our back four and Phillips have the ball, it worries me sick. Hope it's not this coming uh, Sunday that they mess up. Well, let's hope they don't. Uh, Paul Barrett says, Best wishes for Sunday, boys. Can't wait. All behind you all the way. Uh, Sean says, keep up the good work, chaps. And to the team for Sunday, it's just a walk in the park for you, given this season's performances. Not sure my heart will cope, though. Come on, you Reds. Ev says, good luck to the lads. I still believe we will do it. I was so nervous before Friday, but now I'm less anxious but cautiously optimistic. The atmosphere will be electric. The lads thought Friday was electric. Somebody please tell them it would be four times more intense. Uh, certainly hope it will be. Robert Waghorn uh, says, we will We'll again have fantastic support on Sunday, but think people like Spain Addict, uh, Tony, uh, and all the people who won't be there deserve a special mention like the Doncaster uh, players. Yeah, hopefully uh, anyone who's watching abroad as well enjoy it. Uh, smile like you mean it. Our, our photographer Paul says, uh, players, please make a note of where I'm sitting for the five goal celebrations. Yeah, <laughs> good luck to the players as well. Um, Sarah... Uh, is is looking forward to the, the the show as well. Hope you've enjoyed it so far, Sarah. Dickie Davis Buzz says, "Come on, you Reds, we can do this." Uh, Dave Lockwood 
Um, again, plugging his show, which we talked about earlier. John Pitchers, come on, you addicts. Hoping for some good kip in the next couple of days because there is no way I'll be able to sleep on Saturday night. Yeah, my sleep... I think tonight was the first one that was slightly disrupted last night. I'm going to get more and more nervous as we go. Uh, Paul Glover says that Nathan will be swearing his way down Wembley Way. <laughs> you no, com- no comment. Yeah. You're going to be mic'd <laughs> up during the game. Tell us about that, Nathan. Uh, yeah, so for the photo shoot done for Skybet, I found out, when was it? Wednesday, wasn't it? Mm. I'm going to be filmed for 90 minutes and have a mic attached to me for 90 minutes for some sort of, either some sort of video or some program or something. I'll know, once I know more, I'll, I'm sure you'll you'll tweet out, Lou, anyway, and enjoy <laughs> yeah. it. Um, so yeah, but I did check with them. They do have a bleeper, so I don't know how much content they're going to get out of me, but we'll see how it goes. Plenty, I'm sure. <laughs> uh, maybe for the... Uh for the uh, mistakes reel whatever they call it the bloopers <laughs> yeah. reel Liam Shepard says just all we ask is that you give us 100% like you have all season uh, come on you red Steve Nutley is going uh, with uh, with three generations of the Nutley family I hope they all enjoy it Steve I uh, hope you do too Graham says sadly the only way uh, I was talking about Lee Bayer's situ- uh, contract situation oh sorry yeah contract situation sadly the only way I see that happening is if we get a new owner I'm on the opinion that Roland would have offered him one by now if he was going to but he'd rather congratulate other managers instead well let's see how that that works out Ron says there'll be 40,000 addicts at Wembley willing this great team and Lee and Jacko to make history and win another playoff final my second in 21 years let's rock Wembley come on you Reds Chris said I was there in 98 but I can't make it this year what a day my son will be there on a romantic date with his girlfriend I'll be screaming and shouting from Eastbourne come on you Reds the nerves are seriously start to kick in right that's everyone everyone's had their say on tonight's show um, wow this is it lads we've got to the end of the show so now we've got to go to Wembley it's hey, our last one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, last one, last preview show of yeah, the season. Obviously, by. we'll we'll do something after Wembley. We'll have to work out exactly when, <laughs> and that certainly depends on how, if we win or not. But, um, yeah, it's been emotional. Probably do it on the night. <laughs> if we lose, it'll be five minutes. Yeah, now we lost. Yeah, no mind. Yeah. See you later, bye. But, you know, fingers crossed we win. Fingers crossed that every one of the 38 thousand Charlton fans going there has a great day uh, enjoy the day take loads of pictures enjoy uh, something that's going to be a very special memory no matter what happens just getting to the new Wembley for the first time is huge but you know against all the adversity that we've had to suffer uh, this is a day that as a supporter base I feel like we've really deserved uh, Tom and Nath you two have deserved it as well cheers cheers, cheers for coming in and uh, I hope you guys enjoy your date thank you yeah I've been Louis Mendes this oh. has been Charlton Live the big match play our final preview Oh my God, it's happening, lads. We're going to Wembley and I'm really nervous. I just pray that next time I speak to you, Charlton Athletic are once again a championship club. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.